Should we get to unlock a uh, mailbox here? We certainly should. Quality questions. I was very impressed with the the batch that we got this time. Everyone's killing it recently. Uh, and the one we're uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit several of them in our upcoming bonus episodes. So stick around for that. But the one that I had to, I just I, as soon as this one came through, I was like, we got to do this one. I sent it to I sent a screenshot to you guys and was like, I, <laughs> I love this question. Uh, this is from listener David. Uh, thank you, David. Rank the Mama trilogy. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> the Mama trilogy, of course, being Tough, You've Been on My Mind, and Shake Shake. So, Tough Mama. <laughs> Mama, You've Been on My Mind. Perhaps it's the color of the sun cut flat and covering. The crossroads I'm standing at. And shake, shake, mama. I'll get the blues for you, baby, when I look up at the sun. i get the blues. A beautiful, brilliant question, uh, and one that I can't believe we haven't covered on this show yet. Yeah, it's great. I mean... What order do we want to do this in, in terms of us ranking it? I'll be I'll be happy to go because I feel like I I typically kind of walk the uh, the median line between the two of you. I mean, number one for me in the Mama trilogy is Mama, you've been on my mind, which is one of my very favorite you know early Bob songs, particularly when he has Joan around to sing it. I think that like bootleg. There's that Halloween show from '64, I think, where it's like Bob and and Joan. Um, or Bob mostly, and then Joan comes out for the encore, and they do Mama, You've Been On My Mind, just the two of them together, and you can just hear them grinning at each other through the microphone, you know, 60, 70 years later. And uh, it's it's just pure, it's pure bliss. I love that song. Uh, and any time that they play it, whether it's the early days acoustic, you know, fun, fun version, or, you know, I think Bob ends up electrifying it a little later on and, you know, getting even more out of it. It's, it's great. Um... You know, and then between the two of the other ones, Tough Mama, Shake Shake Mama, I'm going to take the chalk answer and just go Tough Mama number two and Shake Shake Mama number three because, like, man, Tough Mama is badass. I'm always going to ride for Planet Waves and Shake Shake Mama as as fun as it is. Uh, you know, anytime you get a Bob and Robert Hunter track, it's it's going to be good music, uh, you know. Compared to the other two, I, I don't think it quite it quite gets there. But that seems like a pretty uh, basic and predictable kind of ordering. So I'll leave it to you two to uh, mix it up. I'm not that crazy. I'm giving the same ordering. I mean, uh, wow! I what? thought Shake Shake Mama was going to be number one. No, on the bullet for you. that's what both of you always think. You think, oh, he's going to do something and look just to do it. But no, Mama, you've been on my mind. Like the the way that that melody is, like is that elliptical, flowy melody that it feels like. How did you write that? Like that's you know, it is a very special song. When Joan sings "Daddy, You've Been on My Mind," I don't care for that. I'll, I'll gets me every time. I love I'll tell that. you that I don't fucking uh, I don't really care for their duet version of it. Even I just like oh. it as a song. Um, and I think my probably my favorite version of it is probably going to be a Bob version somewhere down along the line, just solo. Um, but I, I'll also vouch for "Shake Shake Mama" like as being one of the funnier and uh, more body uh song it's it's great um and tough mama there's not a bad song in the mama trilogy listen the mama trilogy they're all they're all hot mamas yeah they're, they're 
Yeah, I mean, I was going to say in, in terms of like, Mama, you've been on my mind versions, the the definitive one in my mind is the one on the bootleg series box, box set, the volumes one through three, mm. where it's just Bob by himself. Uh, that's my favorite. And I'll echo uh, Evan here. I don't like the daddy you've been on my mind. Oh, it's like, so the, good. Just, uh, it's a little treacly. Yeah, I mean... The again, like I think just Bob by himself, it's really beautiful. You know what? I'm just gonna throw a curveball. I'll be the curveball here, oh. and I'll put Tough Mama number one. I knew it. I knew it. I love the Tough Mama. I love Planet Waves. I'm also, uh, you know, I love you know, Jerry covered this song with JGB. So, like the JGB Jerry Garcia band that kind of pushes over the top for me. Tough mama. Um, man, I really want to put. See, now I want to kind of shake things up. Wow, you're going to put shake, sh- shake Mama number two, but I can't. I can't quite do that. But I do uh, because of another mailbag question we're going to do in our bonus episode. I was listening to Together Through Life today, and I was listening to Shake Shake Mama. That's like a great, really funky track on that record. <laughs> it's really good, man. It's like so good, like. That record um, is a little uh, up and down for me, just because the accordion on "Together Through Life" it like it's a little, it's a lot. <laughs> it's not a little; it's, it's a lot. A, lot. <laughs> yeah. a little too much, a little too much accordion. But like, there's n- I don't think there's any accordion on "Shake uh, Shake Mama." It kind of sounds more like a song that could have been on "Love and Theft." Yeah. Uh, so that I really that. makes me gravitate to that a lot. So. Uh, you know, again, just because the other two Mama tracks are so good, you end up putting Shake Shake Mama number three. But like, man, it's a strong number three, and I don't think the gap is like that wide. I think it's actually like closer than you might think uh, from the other from the other tracks. So I'll put Tough Mama number one, Mama. You've been on my mind, specifically the bootleg series version. And then I put Shake Shake Mama number three, but again, like a close, a closer than you would think number three for me. I would, I would co-sign that. I think that that totally makes sense. And I, I love, I love that the Mama trilogy uh, highlights Bob at all these different moments in his career. These are such distinct flavors of Bob Dylan. The, you know, a little acoustic, uh, 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 happy-go-lucky leprechaun, uh, early '60s Bob, and then horny leprechaun later Bob. Well, so yeah, I guess so. Uh, and then the Chugal, just like rock and roll good times version of, of uh, him from 1974. I was just listening to Tough Mama again. Tough Mama at number one is is, is absolutely a, a quality answer. I, I can't argue with that. And to go back to, you know, like when we were, you know, we just did that recent episode about Tour 74. It really is a shame that they didn't play Tough Mama more on that tour. Yeah. I mean, that would have been so good. Because that's like such a great Dylan in the band track. For the longest time, I thought Shake Shake Mama had the line, Shake Shake Mama, shake your big fat ass. (laughs) We we just made that like a big old shaking ass. (laughs) Yeah, that was a complete fabrication. And I had just rewritten history and this stupid joke that we made on the podcast became reality to me for some period of years. And, you know, I've I've since disabused myself of this notion, but it's made me, made me wonder like what other, uh, you know, uh, just lies have I, have I infected myself with and am believing a completely false version of reality? But that's what the song's about. So like, let's not kid ourselves. 
Well, you know, it's uh, it's it's a, it's a very lyrically uh, dense uh, and nimble kind of song. There's there's a lot going on there. Shake, shake, mama, shake until the big day. Shake, shake, mama, shake until the big day. I'm right here, baby. I'm not that far away. We're here. We're at the Pal- Palatrasardi di Milano at this point. Uh, in 1993, six twenty-seven. Uh, this was your pick, Evan. What? Uh, yeah. What drew you across the sea to the beautiful boot in the Mediterranean? Well, it was less about where it is and more about where it is in time, mm-hmm. uh, because I really just wanted to find a show that had some of the uh, the atmosphere of uh, "Good as I've Been to You" in it. And to find out what what that was like. And my initial thought for this pick was I was thinking maybe I would pick something from 89. Because I'm I'm always trying to find these periods where you catch Bob like mid-transformation between phases. Like not quite uh, established. You know, you think of something like uh, Time Out of Mind. It's such a a style like it's such a thick atmosphere that permeates everything you can instantly tell when that uh is happening like when he's in that mode but then there's all these other periods where it's it's sort of just up in the air like what is the idea of bob dylan to the public and what do they see when they go see him and that's always the most interesting thing to me and this seemed like a really good uh example a specimen of that just looking at the track list, I was like, okay, uh, you got hard times at the very beginning. Uh, you've got Little Moses, which is another one we've run into several times. While it doesn't appear on that record, uh, it, it could have. Little Moses could have easily been on Good As I've Been To You. Uh, and Tomorrow Night is on here, which is one of my favorite favorites from Good As I've Been To You. And uh, then I just did a little bit of digging, and I listened to this uh, a couple. So I won't give it away yet, but there's a couple things on here that, when I was listening to it, I was just like, not only is there some of that delicate acoustic Dylan uh, from that back to the roots phase, but there's some of the most kind of weirdo rock stuff I've heard in a while. Um, really letting uh, Winston Watson set the tempo. Uh, I mean, the vibe really of what the musicians are doing. And I think he's becoming more and more to me associated with one of the most creative uh, and colorful uh, elements in the never ending tour band. And one that reminds me a lot of an updated version, I guess of the the drumming you hear on something like uh like Rolling Stone, you know, or or John Wesley Harding, which is if you listen to it kind of uh inconsistent, like tr- a lot of different little fills everywhere. It feels like it's in its own little pocket universe. Um and yet it works so perfectly. And I associate that with something that I love about Bob Dylan music is uh when you you listen a little closer and and it's kind of got this oddness that um might not be readily apparent at first 
So all those factors led me to think we must talk about this show. And there's one track in particular down in the end section that I think is like a kind of a world ending version of a song. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think we're all going to have that uh, lined up in the, the pretty good stuff section when we get to it. Um, I kind of loved returning to this period of time and not like, well, I don't want to spoil, you know, my thoughts, uh, too, too early, but like, you know, I'm, I am so just eternally devoted to like 94, 95 and 93, you know, this, this year ends with like the supper club shows, which is, you know, like the original Bob unplugged acoustic, um, you know, kind of hot fire shit. And those are those recordings are amazing. You know, we've done episode, we've done an episode on, on, on the previous show before, and we should probably do another episode on, on this show. Oh, definitely. It's just incredible. Just, you know, fire, you know, hot fire all the way through. And that I think really is like the world gone wrong. As good as I've been to you kind of show. Cause like that's almost entirely made up of, of, uh, you know, folk standard covers and the band is just killing it. Um, and, uh, and so that, but that, that's, you know, that those shows take place like, five-ish months after this show and this show is not that like this show is not that i was i was kind of thinking going into it like are we just going to be doing like the supper club but like something that isn't the supper club from from 1993 and it's very much like you know there are moments of of uh of similarities there when you get to the acoustic stuff it it rhymes here and there but in general this is a very very different project uh that is effective and ineffective at, at certain points uh, but uh, it's giving me another angle, I think, on where Bob was at at this moment in time, uh, deepening my my perspective of uh, a, a moment that I have believed and do, you know, by and large, still continue to believe is one of his absolute high watermarks as a touring musician. This show, you know, maybe maybe not fits into that that <laughs> that categorization. Uh, we'll see when we get there. Uh, Stephen, what about you? Yeah, it's 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 interesting. You know, you were talking about how uh, Evan that your attraction to this show was plugging into the good as I've been to you era, and you know we mentioned hard times and tomorrow night. Both of those songs are on that record. We should mention that uh, he recorded World Gone Wrong the month before the show. Apparently, he recorded that in May of '93 uh, in his Malibu garage. And that record drops in October of 93. So this is, in terms of his albums, in the midst of his, uh, you know, woodshedding folk music era. But we see him on stage in a much different mindset (laughs) where it's at the nexus of, on one hand, Dylan, I think, competing with the alt rock that was going on in the early nineties at that time. And we've mm. talked about this before on the show uh, where yeah, I, I think Dylan as a touring act felt like he had to compete with like what was going on in grunge rock and alt rock at the time, really turning up the amps, really being loud. Winston Watson being a very 90 sounding drummer, sounding yeah. like a guy who could have been in Pearl jam or, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, you know, like very much in in line with that kind of drumming style. So you have that, but that alt rock side of Bob in the early '90s meets up with like the jam band Bob, yes, of yeah, 
the early 90s with Bob, and it's very jammy. And the what I think are the highlights of this show are where those two sides really meet up. And uh, I think there are some extraordinary moments in this show that I really loved. Uh, I think this show is a little up and down, but the 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 peaks, I think, are really great. And, um, you know, just to echo some of what you guys were saying, like, I love this era. I love the jammy era of Dylan. And really, like, alt-rock Bob meeting jam band Bob, like, that is like, man. Well, yeah, it's great. That's you. That's spe- that's speaking my language. Yeah. Man. So like so I'm pretty excited. So yeah, there are there are a lot of highlights in this show for me. So I don't know if we want to get into it now. I I'm uh, there's a lot that I uh, I'm ready to talk about here. I again, I think that I'm curious to hear what you guys have to say. I don't think that this is like a perfect show, but like the best parts of this show I think are really great. So I'm 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 excited to to parse that out with you guys. It's like it's a microcosm of of Dylan in a way. Yeah. To to his of his of what it is to see Bob Dylan live, and that's kind of the draw here for me. It's like, yeah, you do get some things that are kind of like interim middle ground where it's not really going to like set the world on fire for anyone, but there are just these moments where. It's not even like the moments that you'd think would just be like classic ones that are epic. It's the the best part is when you're surprised by a song that you didn't know had it in it to be like that strange and intense. And that, this is a great example of how that can sometimes happen. 